0: Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at
1: 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it! Yeehaw! Well, hello everybody and welcome to Dave's Corner Garage. Today's show, well, a little bit more serious. John Carmichael, who's the registrar of OMVIC, Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. These are the folks that regulate the car business, new car business, and used car business. Correct.
0: Great to be here. Yeah, I'll tell you that's a startling uh, introduction. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, he sounded way too serious. He hey. said we're getting
1: serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. Holy yeah.
0: mackerel, that is unbelievable.
1: And the Delta tones of of Alan <laughs> <laughs> And joining us at the bottom of the hour will be Dave McLean from the Auto Show. We got some stuff to give away. We got some stuff to talk about. Interesting things that we're going to talk about today are electric vehicle problems. Uh, as far as getting your money back there was an article in the uh, star i think this morning about uh the dealers are not getting back their refunds and the customers are in trouble and we're going to talk about all of that sort of stuff. sounds good yep uh just so you know that facebook.com forward slash dave's corner garage all one word if you go on there you can see us being streamed live and our beautiful faces and they always say geez you never look like i thought you would look like and i always answer neither do you <laughs> we have to start getting makeup eh Pretty soon, yeah, we're next stars. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing how many hits we get on Facebook. Well, I we
2: kept saying, you know, we have a face for radio, but I, I you know.
1: Uh-huh. I, uh <laughs> uh-huh, little humor there. Uh, Auto Show starts on the 13th, I think, on, at the um, International Center downtown. Co- is it the international.
0: 14th Center? actually is the first full day.
1: Yes. But the, people don't realize that the dealership community and the car community gets together way before that. Yes. We have VIP nights. We have media nights. We have all that other stuff. Oh, I
2: thought you meant it just took days to set up. You, you mean you days. guys have, were having parties? It you know, takes don't... days to set up, too.
0: But... <laughs> you
1: know, he told me, he says, as soon as the show starts, they start on the next show already.
0: I believe that. Yeah, because yep. there's
1: so much going on there. And yeah, it's, absolutely. it's. Sixty-six thousand square feet of cars and wow. information, and you're down there.
0: Oh, I, I'll be there. It's uh, it's a remarkable exhibition. Yeah. It it uh, covers you know the the entire Metro Convention Center. When you look at that footage and the walk and all the various yeah. manufacturers, it's outstanding.
1: And they, what they don't tell you is that one year one year we had to close it down. They wouldn't let more people in because it's got so busy that it actually wasn't safe. They the, the fire marshal said slow it up a bit.
2: Well, I envision that again for Family Day because you know you yes. and I will be there. Yep. Plus a whole lot of other folks.
0: We're doing so, the
1: town hall. Uh, I think it's at 1 o'clock or noon on family day. You can't miss us. We'll be at the top of the escalator.
0: So hundreds of thousands of people
1: turning out to hear yep. it. And Millions, yes. And all, all the, the swag stuff. we give that away. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Actually, they gave away screwdrivers one year. Big mistake. <laughs> all the kids remodeled the cars. <laughs> yeah, I'll
0: stay there. will leave that one alone, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. I'll take us out. And we come back when we're talking with Mr. John Carmichael, who is the registrar, temporary registrar. But it's been three years. And when is temporary over?
0: I I don't know. It's called in It's a, yeah. I, it it just rides with the low, with the uh, title, I guess. It, all right. Good. If you've got a
2: car care question or a car about a question about a car you just bought, for example, and you're having an issue with the dealer, by all means, we're here to answer any and all of those questions. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. <laughs>
1: All righty, welcome to Dave's Corner Garage. Joining us today is Mr. John Carmichael, who is the registrar for the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council.
2: You know what, just before we get going, yeah. why don't we explain to our listeners what OMVIC is? Yeah, go ahead, John. John?
0: Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> OMVIC uh, functionally is a consumer protection agency, so mm-hmm. we are there to uh, assist consumers in the buying, selling, leasing sector of the auto industry. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if they have a problem, if they've had a an issue, and we can talk about some of those, I'm sure, today, they can call us and we'll get involved in uh, in helping them resolve the problem. The other side of the uh, responsibility is to uh, ensure that we are raising the bar, if you like, mm-hmm. on dealer professionalism. So through education, through programs that help the dealer to educate his, his staff, and, uh, and we spend a lot of our effort on that as well.
2: And I think the big but that our listeners should listen to or, or hear us saying is that all of those rules and all those regulations and the compensation fund only come into place if you buy from a registered dealer.
0: That's correct. We uh, we operate under the Motor Vehicle Dealers Act, which is a provincially legislation, legislated legislated uh, uh, bit of legislation, and um, uh, we support the uh, the registered dealers. So we register. This year alone, we registered uh, another eight hundred. New and used wow. car dealers, uh, eighty one hundred dealers in the province.
2: Right, but uh, so at the same time, you understand that if you buy it from Kijiji Motors or for yep. for Tim Harton's
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, private you're, sale, we're not we're not involved in that. Right, again. and then
2: generally we call those curbsiders.
0: Yes, if well, if it's an illegal dealer, uh uh-huh. who's selling more than a certain number of vehicles, three, four, five vehicles. So that's or, the
2: badge he wears. He's a curbsider. He's
0: a curbsider, right? a, an illegal dealer. And we don't support that, which means that the consumer is left without the backstop of okay, our right. exactly. motor vehicle uh, compensation fund.
1: So one of the things that you actually are promoting is all-in pricing. That's one of we do. the serious ones right? yes. where you can't uh, bait and switch.
0: Well, exactly. You know, when a dealer advertises a car uh, and they advertise a price on that vehicle, yep. the only addition is Tax and license. Is he under HSTN any obligation? And
1: Is there any obligation to say, "I'm really sorry, I just sold it here. Uh, here's the bill of sale. It's gone. Uh, how about can we switch into something else?"
0: If it's legitimate, yes, it it, it happens. Uh, that's the business. But if uh, the car has been sold for a month, our people want to talk to them about that
1: because you'll trace the serial numbers. Yep. And... righty. Now there was a situation I read in the paper the other day about electric vehicles okay. and the fact that people have not received their refunds. I think the dealers are the ones that are out the pocket.
0: No, the uh, consumer... Consumer's out of pocket. The, yeah, the consumer has bought the vehicle and uh, they apply to the government for the subsidy, for the for the uh, rebate. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it goes back almost two years mm-hmm. where uh, dealers and manufacturers had to, when the program was canceled in right. August of uh, 2017, dealers and manufacturers had to register all their inven- incoming inventory... Uh, that is sold and ready for delivery with the government. If you're not on that list but you bought the car expecting to take advantage of that $14,000 rebate and that's why you bought the vehicle you've got a problem if that vehicle wasn't uh, registered with the government and that's those are the issues we get involved with. So it's much.
1: not they're not available in Ontario when when Ford came to power he cancelled it.
0: Canceled the program. Right
1: but it's still a federal uh, program.
0: <clears throat> yeah it, it's available it's a five thousand dollar rebate now it's available right across the country and I was just reading the other day that uh, the federal government budgeted $300 three hundred million dollars over three years. Mm-hmm. They've already exceeded the fifty percent mark after the first year. So they're they're in the soup on that. We, but but uh, you
2: guys were talking I mean just from that perspective, you know, because we're gas car guys, we're not necessarily electric car guys, and you felt why should we subsidize people who go get electric cars?
0: Well, I, I as you know I have an issue on that. I uh-huh. uh, I personally believe that it's not a, a a taxpayer responsibility to pay for those subsidies. But we do and when the government Forks over Mm -hmm. $7,500, $14,000, as we did in Ontario for almost 10 years. We made little dent in the sales numbers, but that was the determining factor in what car people decided to buy on the electric vehicle market. That's a subsidy coming from the taxpayer, you and I.
2: Well, right, but the manufacturers state that they can't sell them cheaper because it costs them more money to make. Do you not believe that? I, no, I don't. It's their
0: responsibility. <laughs> okay. I uh I think the uh, if, if we're going to sell electric vehicles, the right. manufacturer is it's incumbent on them to price the vehicles accordingly. And if if those prices are too high for consumer acceptance, mm-hmm. th- the vehicle's going to fail. Now, there are some fabulous cars out there today. But but
2: but but, but, but from a green perspective, you know, at the governments, you know, people want green to to be the way of the future. Sure. I mean, look at what's going on in Europe. They sell way more green cars than they do here. Um, but then again, I mean, everybody drove diesels. But but they're going the way of electric now. So well, we it, had, it's better uh, for the environment. Yeah, I, I I personally
0: believe we had two two problems with that. Yes, I agree with you that mm-hmm. if the green uh, technology, uh, the electric vehicle, is the right car for the time, somehow between the government and the manufacturer, they should figure out how do we get there
2: without us paying for it, without
0: you and I paying okay. for it as a taxpayer, but. Woo-hoo! The other problem, uh, and keeping in mind, we're still selling less than 1%, yeah. Closer yes, to a half a percent smaller. of vehicles are electric vehicles today. Mm-hmm. So with the subsidies, it's still not happening. Right. The other problem, which the government is now putting a focus on, is there's no infrastructure. So if you want to take a, an electric car for a drive... And you're unsure where do you plug
2: in? That's how do you right. get
0: how do you pay, get the power and who's gonna pay for that power?
2: That's right. Yeah, the power was the other issue. There's no question about that. It's mean, starting
1: to improve now.
2: If yeah. we're having brownouts in the summer now, how's it gonna work when everybody has electric cars? You know, down I wouldn't
1: the road? mind hearing from a dealer or a person who has one of these cars, what's it like to live with? I mean it's it's a whole change of lifestyle, it's like driving your cell phone. You know, you gotta wash the battery all the time, you got all this anxiety going on. So I'd like to hear from somebody who actually has an EV. How, what's it like to, on a daily operation?
2: It hums. Hums. It, <laughs> it hums. <laughs> but it actually dies. Well, it doesn't go <laughs> rum, 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 rum. No. It no. just Alrighty. hums. <laughs> we'll be right
1: back. Please listen for the And if you're worried numbers. about your hum
2: or quitting, you better give us a call right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back.
1: then. We're back. It's Dave's Corner's Garage. With us is John Carmichael from the uh, Omic We explained who he is. And before, and, Dave, and, we know we were talking
2: about electric cars and about technology yes. and how things are constantly changing in the car business. Yes. And, you know, one of the problems we have now, if if you buy a used car, there's a whole disclosure package. In other words, you have to say if it was you know, in a major accident. Due diligence. Right. And you have to say that whether that car was a taxi or not. But there's other things out there now where people are using their vehicles for commercial use that aren't covered. In other words, you know, you have Lyft and Uber. Uber. Now, John, what do we do about that?
0: Well, it is a a challenge for us. Uh, Like so many disruptive technologies that are coming down the pipe at us, we have to figure out how do we adapt. In the case of those disclosures of taxis and limousines, uh, as part of the, uh, the sale agreement, and it's legislated, uh, they have to be declared mm-hmm. uh, to a consumer who's buying one of those vehicles. Right, and, and of so, course,
2: if someone buys one and finds out after the fact... It's they're... It, it, it they have lots of
0: recourse, mm-hmm. and they're protected. Now, with Uber and Lyft, they're not protected. Those are vehicles that uh, require, if, if it were to change with legislation... That's the only way those vehicles would be considered in that area, and, and at this point in time, they're not.
1: Okay, John, okay. at this point in time, the, the information of the fact that it was an Uber or a Lyft has to come from the owner of the vehicle, right? He has a form to fill out, and he has to identify what that car was used for.
0: That's right. right? Uh,
1: but, but, but those questions aren't on there. They're no, not,
0: no. There's no obligation on the Uber and Lyft.
1: No, exactly. No. So I'm
0: saying taxi a or limousine.
2: But Uber and Lyft, uh, they're not. And, and of course, and there would be no incentive for somebody to tell the truth because, you know, the market value of this car is going to be that well, much. Well, why less. is
1: the back seat of your car on the right side so worn out? With the million others are all so. Well, well, I it, mean,
0: yeah. I mean, the reality is, yeah. For those of us who have hopped in the back of a, of a of an Uber or a Lyft car, generally there's a lot of new vehicles on the road. They're yeah. they're in good shape. They're mm-hmm. clean. They're terrific. And and that's why you typically want to ride one of those vehicles. But Anybody who does a lot of riding knows you. You, there are experiences sitting on the rear suspension. Here's
1: an identifiable product or problem. How do you go about changing the law so that you can react to it?
0: Well, that's a great question, and that's where I spend a lot of my time. We, uh, we are subject to uh, submitting our regulation changes, regulatory changes to the government, and the government will appraise them and determine. First of all, whether they're reasonable, mm-hmm. and whether uh, what we are suggesting will reduce consumer harm, uh, whether they will put more burdens on consumers or or business people, the dealers. And our job is to ensure that we don't burden the consumer or the or the uh, dealer or the salesperson. So uh, they 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 go through a myriad of tests to determine whether it's got. It's got any uh, life.
2: Hey, if anything, this the, these new regulations will alleviate the problems. In in other words, it would take the pressure off the dealer to they say, would, hey, hey, we disclosed it. It would take the pressure away from the consumer who would perhaps be worried about buying a car like that. He, he'd yeah, have protection it, now.
1: It, the,
0: the challenge, though, Alan, is that a, as we assess a change that we want to make in the regulations, right. it can take up to three years wow. oh, uh, okay. d- going through the process because there's lots of other industries that are doing the very same thing, and the government is already taxed it, at trying to figure out how do we move these things along. And, and this province now, is, as you know, the premier has said, we're open for business. We don't want more regulation. That's correct. So something like this is a consumer protection item. Uh, we We would appeal to the government to try to expedite but these things can take a fair while. Now,
1: these are serious issues because within a year, if you if you find that it was a taxi, a police car, a fire fire department car or whatever, and it was not disclosed, you can actually return the vehicle. You can
0: return the vehicle. It's precision. You can get your money back. Yes. Uh, the Just backing up on the Uber thing, though, I don't want to lose yes. sight of the fact that... Ubers are are not full-time taxis. Right. Uh, you've got drivers who are doing it part-time, you've got seniors who do it for social exercise to get out three mornings a week and yes. drive their car and go and earn some extra money. Does your wife so, know, John? I, she, yeah, she uh, she, she, she calls doesn't mind me. you going out for she social calls reasons. Me and says, "Where are you? What? Yeah, what part of the city in today? Yeah. <laughs> so how
2: many girls did you pick up today? <laughs> nice,
0: nice, nice. Yeah, how All much right. gas is in
1: now, the
2: car? <laughs> All right, we got to run. <laughs> you got a car care question or want to find out what Dave does after hours? Give us a call right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage.
1: Oh, oh, oh Dave McLean's coming on next. Perfect. With two D, we'll be in two D. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Just a little conversation there. You know, we're talking about. Uh, Yorkville Business Association in the summer when they do all those classic cars. Yes, hundred thousand people come to the carpeted Blue Street between University and uh, I believe Bay.
2: All right, but coming and, up, uh, starting February the fourteenth is, is yeah. the Canadian International Auto Show. And on the phone, we have Dave
3: McLean. Dave, thanks for calling in. Hey, gentlemen, how are you this morning? Excellent. You? Oh, great, great. We're coming down to the finish line here, so it's uh, it's exciting.
2: Have you started moving the cars
3: in yet? Uh, actually, they will be starting uh, tomorrow morning. This Seriously, or, sorry, Monday morning, I believe. Everything is when it starts to roll in, not like it was uh, 25 years ago when we set the whole thing up in about two and a half days.
2: <laughs> so this is going to take about a month. Now you're saying?
3: Yeah. Well, you know what? We're there for almost a month. It's it's incredible. I mean, we we pull in there on the third of February, and I think the last ones go out on about the 26th. So hey, can, um,
1: can we it's, buy it's cars there? Haul,
3: but it's it's worth it in terms of the you know the annual presentation of what we call. The total automotive
1: experience. Dave, can you still buy cars at the show?
3: Well, it's still a licensed venue. A lot of most of the manufacturers have decided not to to uh, take that route. But as a, as an event, yes, we still we still get uh, certified as a as a selling destination.
1: Fascinating, Al. You're going to ask a bunch of questions.
2: Sure. Uh, there's all kinds. I mean, Dave was talking about new cars, of course, but there's all kinds of different displays there. I mean, just you don't have to. There's something for you to see. In other words, if you're not just there to buy a new car. Um, no,
3: I, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, our commitment is the portrayal of what we call the total automotive experience. So. Uh, Of course, the most important uh, aspect of our show is the presentation of the new cars and light trucks that are available in the Canadian marketplace, but beyond that, uh, people want to take a look at, they want to throw back to the past, they want to know what's happening, and this year uh, our presentation is called the Disruptors, those vehicles that truly changed or influenced the direction of the auto industry moving forward. Uh, uh, Auto Exotica is a presentation of uh, the Uber exotic vehicles that we have in the marketplace. Oh, not taxis. It's operational or dreamy? It's, uh, <laughs> it's something there. So <laughs> okay. it's, uh, it's it's really a wide spectrum of, of product.
2: Now you were talking about the cars actually being there, not just pictures or movies.
3: No, these cars are there. These, right. I mean, we've got some fantastic automobiles. I mean, what are you talking about? The Bugatti La Vapture Noir, Noir, mm-hmm. quite literally the black car. Uh, valued at uh, just over 16 million dollars Canadian to uh, wow. the Foligno, uh, our own Canadian-made supercar that's going to be there. I mean, there's 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 just a uh, an incredible display of vehicles this year.
2: Now that you you uh, you're having a tribute to the McLaren racing car, they've been around yeah. for a million years. Yeah,
3: that's work- yeah, working with the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame each year, we try to identify what's new and unique in terms of the the history of the automobile and. And uh, what's happening, so we partnered up with the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame, and they've got a tribute to McLaren Racing this year. And that's right downstairs, directly adjacent to uh, Auto Exotica.
2: Now, before the show, uh, at the beginning of our show today, actually, we're talking about EVs. Now, you guys will actually have a facility for people to try out EVs.
3: Yeah, well, you guys know this probably better than anybody. I mean, the the number one question that people have, you know, in terms of vehicles in the marketplace, pertains to electric vehicles. And at the auto show this year, we've got more than 18 vehicles that are that are available for consumers to test uh, in an on-road uh, driving application. I mean, it's uh, it's you know people you know commonly refer to it, some of the questions as range anxiety. They just don't understand how far these cars will travel when it's hot, when it's cold, when you know when you're loading it up with the either the air conditioning or the heating. Uh, how much does it cost to charge? So all of these questions can be answered as well as uh, uh, consumers or patrons being given the opportunity to test drive the vehicle. So it's it's a really cool uh, feature. I think it's taken off over the last two years, and uh, manufacturers are certainly uh, in full participation.
2: Now, if I'm going to want to drive one of these cars, do I have to, you know, call up early or make a reservation or just show up?
3: No, just show up. Actually, there are two ways. You can actually register through the manufacturer if you're interested in a vehicle. Learn a little bit about it from, from the manufacturer first and mm-hmm. then, uh, set yourself up for a test drive. Or you can make the, the, the connection directly there at the Auto Show. We've got Plug in Drive that we're working this, with this year and um, all of their people. And it's, uh, it's really a great opportunity for, for people to experience it firsthand because I mean, the percentage of people that have actually driven an electric vehicle is quite low. So this is a unique opportunity.
1: Dave, how long if you wanted to see everything at the show? I mean, you can drop the kids off, I guess, at the Volkswagen place, and uh, now you want to see everything. Is a day enough?
3: Yeah, you know what? It's it's. I think a day is enough, but it really depends on how many hours you include in your day and what you want to do at the show. You know, it's funny. There are so many little nooks and crannies at the auto show. You consider six hundred fifty thousand square feet, and I'm amazed that you know, in being involved from from start to finish in this event. But I'm walking around the show and I see things I. I never knew about, and it captures my attention, and next thing you know, a, you know, a half an hour to an hour has passed, so it really depends where your interests lie, but we say it's a three to four hour, if, if you're you know, sort of a casual consumer that's looking at specific cars or wants to take in some of the major features at the event, um, you know, you can, you can give it that amount of time, but certainly you can spend a day there, you can spend two days there.
0: Fascinating. Now yeah. Maybe I can just jump in, yeah. and uh, Davis, John, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Uh, we are, uh, at OMVIC, are excited to once again be in display uh, to have a booth at the show. And so uh, just to put the plug in, uh, we, uh, we look forward to talking to consumers who may have a question about their purchase or lease of a new or used vehicle. And we'll have staffing there throughout the entire show. And uh, looking forward to another successful year of uh, all of your efforts.
3: Yeah, well, John, thank you. Humvek's been a very important part of our display at the Auto Show because certainly you have questions that, consumers are, that you can answer for consumers that certainly we can't as a show and, and we don't. So uh, having that uh, diversity of presentation, whether it's about industry questions, whether it's about new vehicles or, or just where the industry is headed, what direction, right. that, these are all things that can be gleaned by consumers at the event.
1: Yeah and also John uh, I think Terry's coming down to our town hall and he's yes. going to be answering questions.
0: Yeah no we uh, we w- this is a great opportunity for our Omvik team. They're uh, they're well informed. They know their business. They understand the legislation and to be at the auto show where you know they could uh, they could talk to literally hundreds of thousands of consumers mm-hmm. going through the show uh, and and answer questions. It's a great exposure You're for us. You're at the bottom
1: of the escalator.
0: Right at the bottom yeah. of the escalator just below all the classic cars.
1: Good place to be. So the auto show, which started, what, back in 74, uh, I don't know. I can't do the numbers that well, but it's a big anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Every year is a big anniversary. It's amazing uh, to it me. Really is. You, you know, now, it's this really— is
3: my 25th, uh, 25th year uh, putting on the auto show, and uh, I'll tell you, I, I just can't believe the changes uh, that, I, that I've seen in, in the quarter century, anyway. Well, that's
0: it's pretty, pretty amazing. Impressive. I mean, For a guy who's 28
2: years old.
1: That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at the old pictures, whatever you
2: do. <laughs> I'm amazed, though. You know, you show up at the place, and it's just an empty box, an empty warehouse. Yes. And they, they transform these things. I mean, uh, you know, Chrysler is always doing something where have one of their SUVs going up a mountain. Well, the mountain's not there. they got to build a mountain. Yeah. And then they got to build a waterfall behind it.
0: It's just crazy. The booth and the investment by the manufacturers really is a credit to the industry.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate to have the participation and support of the manufacturers in Canada. And uh, certainly we know on our part what we have to deliver. We have to deliver uh, consumers to the event, and then it's up to the manufacturers to to share their brand voice, their models with consumers. But certainly, uh, we we've got uh, a lot of work ahead of us. We're very excited, and we all know what's most important—that's keeping that new car buying experience alive.
1: It's for me. I tell you, I'll be honest with you, I can take my wife from one car to the next, and she finally can decide what car she wants, rather than dragging her from dealership to dealership. It's the a, it's uh, you know another experience. thing
0: that's happening, uh, just out of interest' sake, I'm going down on Saturday night. Dave will know about this, the Motorsport Hall of Fame is doing their yes. induction work. They're indu- inducting new members into the Motorsport Hall of Fame, and a, a good friend of mine, Robin Buck, is uh, yep. is one of the uh, inductees this year, so we're going down to watch uh, the, all these That's individuals who are...
1: Norris does that. I read his articles this morning. Yeah. You know, it's great, uh, great
0: to see these people who have been so, such a part of this industry for so long being recognized. We
1: don't fly the Canadian flag high enough in this town. Well, Well, I I think that's
3: our challenge as Canadians, period, right? We we tend to navel gaze at times, and we should be proud of what we have.
1: Interesting stuff. David, thanks for spending time. Auto Show is on from? Well,
3: February 14th to 23rd. It's open every day from 10.30 a.m. until 10 p.m., of course, on closing days, On Sunday, we have to shut it down at 6 p.m., but there's a lot to see over those 10 days. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Appreciate the time this morning. You're very welcome. People go
2: online. It's the uh, ca. correct?
3: Best way to to prepare for the
2: show.
1: All right. Thank you again, David. See you there. Bye bye. Bye bye. You know it's amazing. It did start in '74, and they actually sold cars there. We I remember our oh. dealership sold over 30 cars at the auto shop.
0: We always had salespeople down there working the floor, yeah. and uh, it got too complicated. And so the there there was a point in time where yes. you could refer the the customer back to your dealership and. Nobody Associates. wanted to do that because you never knew if they'd get there. But that's but right. uh, it, it it they had to make it more seamless and and I understand that absolutely. It works
1: fine and uh, it's actually we know what especially if it's cold weather in February mm-hmm. you can spend the day there walking around. Getting oh, what a great environment! Yeah, I just love it.
0: You love talked it. about Family Day. That that's going to be a busy day down there. Oh, exactly!
2: I, it's the biggest day of the show, I think, for yep. the most part. And uh, we're going to be there. We're doing our our uh, what do you call it, Dave?
1: What our presentation? Town hall. Town Hall. We're out for an hour and a half, and uh, all of our associates are up. Get a chance to answer questions from the audience. Wow. We give away a lot of swag, uh, we're but just, no
2: screwdrivers.
1: No screw. Yeah, we were, t- we were told <laughs> no screwdrivers. You can wear hats, gloves, whatever, but no. All righty. When we come back, we're going to take some questions. Uh, phone lines are ringing. There's one open if you want to try, and uh, we'll talk some more with Mr. John Carmichael. We'll be right back. Already, uh, phone lines are full. Just one announcement before we start. Uh, last week, a couple of folks bought got our one floor mats from us. Mm-hmm. They have not yet arrived. When they do arrive, I will call you that they're in, and you can make arrangements to pick them up. So, uh, if you're calling about the mats that you won, we're still waiting for uh, product.
2: Yeah, I'll give you a call. And if you have time and you want an oil change, hey, um, yes, we're happy exactly to do that right. as well. <laughs>
1: All righty, let's go quickly to the phones, and we have a call from Toronto from Jimmy who's talking about freight charges on new car vehicles. Uh,
3: Yeah, I was just wondering that, that, you know, when you uh, buy a new car, that freight charge, is that negotiable or is that set in stone? Uh,
0: This is John, uh, Jimmy. Uh, It's set in stone. It's it's, uh, part of the advertised price of the vehicle. It's Uh built into the cost of the vehicle, but it should be shown on your uh, bill of sale as a line item, and
2: it's not negotiable.
0: Not on a new car.
4: Really? Well, I,
2: I wouldn't think in terms of, of course, adding because you've got all in pricing. Yes. But you mean, I could? he couldn't go back to the dealer and say, you know what? I, I want to pay less than this.
0: The dealer has to pay that to get the car to their showroom or okay. to their facility. So it's a fixed cost from it. Generally speaking, it's a fixed cost from the manufacturer to the dealer. I haven't seen it marked up before.
1: And it's the same cost all over Canada. If they built yeah, it in Alston and it's shipping it to Toronto, it certainly didn't cost 1100 bucks to ship it. Exactly. Right? So it's the same. It's to equalize the price of the car across the whole country.
2: Yeah, but the bottom line on the on the whole deal is negotiable. Yeah, I agree. Bottom you know. line
0: is negotiable,
2: but... When a when
0: a when, when you're right, when I an mean, item you, like that, it's specific, like an option right. on the vehicle to get the car to the dealership. There's a a fixed freight cost and it's built into And the there's price. another
1: thing is, and make
0: it a separate line item. Okay, right.
1: but the what? the other thing you should add in here, it's financeable. In other words, when you end up going into the F and I office to actually do the paperwork, you can finance the freight as part of the of the cost right. oh, okay. of the vehicle. Yeah.
3: yeah. What about the administration charges? That set in stone, too, or?
0: No, that's not set in stone. That uh, you'll find dealers put in a min fee, uh, build it into the price of the vehicle. Again, yeah. it's a separate line item, okay. and if they're going to advertise that, that admin fee should be visible to you when okay. you uh, when you're looking at the price of the vehicle. But it uh, it can be negotiable. Most dealers, depending on uh, franchises, etc., uh, will uh, will have a fixed price.
1: I have oh, a question. I, yeah. uh, you know, you brought a question for me. Uh, I bought, a, I lease a new car. I pay an admin fee. Now the lease is over, and they want to charge a second admin fee. What for? Uh, to well, according to the, the industry, because it's a separate deal. Buying back my car from the lease becomes a separate deal versus leasing the car in the beginning.
0: I haven't run into that one yet.
1: Oh, you will shortly because you're, I you're, you're calling me like... <laughs> on that one. There, there we go. Because <laughs> I think that's wrong. I think I paid an admin fee for the entire contract. And they're saying no. Buying your car back from the end of a lease is a separate uh, agreement. Listen,
0: I just traded in a lease car or turned in a lease car after Yeah, but you're John Carmichael. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, but I, I, it was, it was a clean deal. I knew what the, I knew what I had to return yes. the car at. You know the condition of the vehicle. The, I had to declare the kilometers if there'd been a any damage to the vehicle, etc. But it wasn't charged
1: any extra money. Interesting. We'll see where that goes. But yeah. at the end
2: of the day, I mean, if you're buying a, a car, and it depends on how bad the dealer wants to move that car, that bottom line can be adjusted.
1: Yeah, I believe so.
2: And and you don't ask, you don't get. There you go.
1: And then Minfree was with Mercedes when I had to buy my wife's car. Out. All right, we got to move along. Thanks for calling. Hey, good Thanks stuff. Okay. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, we're going to talk to Jimmy. Uh, he's uh, in uh, I can't how to see at Saint Catharines. Good
5: morning. How are you? Um, All right. I was listening to you guys um, last week. I I couldn't write the numbers down, so I called you this week. Mm -hmm. I think I got fleeced. Uh, I'll tell you what happened. My son was driving his truck. He's a roofer, and he was on his way back from Niagara Falls with Mm -hmm. the truck. Right. Well, the OPP pulled him over right before the ramp on 406 by Pine Street. They wouldn't let him drive the truck. Because my daughter-in-law didn't pay her fine, and the top, and the truck got the plate got tagged. Okay. So he called me in a panic. He said, "Mom, can you come help me? If they're going to tow, and there's a thousand dollars worth of material in the back of the truck." He said, "Can you help me?" So I took a cab up there, and he had quoted. I said, "How much?" He said, "A hundred They told me hundred and fifty dollars to tow the truck, like maybe three hundred feet. Was that anyway, the,
2: the tow truck operator that told you that? Yeah. Okay.
5: Okay. I get there, and I get out of the cab, uh, because I took a cab. I had no wheels. Gets get out of the cab, and I'm walking up to my son, and I said, you're damn lucky I haven't paid my rent yet, because I said I wouldn't have the cash. You know what they charged me? $350.
2: Why did it change like that? Did you not Uh, ask him?
5: His excuse was, well, he told the truck it had the trailer on it, And suddenly, because, and when I tried, I asked the guy for a receipt. I don't have to give you a receipt. Well, that's wrong. And I thought, son of a, oh, I was so mad last week, I was shaking. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm a senior, man. $350 Uh to tow this truck nut up the ramp across the street by the Pine Hotel and put it in the parking lot, or they were going to take it away. Well, it does sound like you got ripped off. Dave, what can you do?
1: Well, first off, the CAA uh, is interested in looking at stuff like this because—
5: Well, it was—I don't know who it was. uh, The the OPP called them, okay, because that part of the road is— and I tried to find out which officer pulled him over, and I thought, that's you know, I'm sorry, but I'm pissed off about that, and it drove me crazy, but it went from $150 20 minutes earlier— when I was on the phone to when I got there it was
1: $350. All right. I'm going to have to cut you shorter because we're going to break. What I want you to do is hold on, and one of our operators will take your phone number. I will forward that to Raymond over at the CAA. Uh, they're familiar with all the towing services and the, your rights, and I think that's where you should begin. So just Thank
5: you so follow, much. I right. love listening to you guys, honest yeah. to God. So, no problem. Two of my husbands were mechanics, and I always, and it's funny, I've been to that car show more times you can shake a stick at.
1: Well, you never know. Next week, we start handing out tickets, so make sure you call back and let us <laughs> know what's happening. So, Jenny, hang, hang on for one second, and we're going to transfer your line. <laughs> all good. Yeah, maybe there's a charge for waiting, or maybe there was a... It's to yeah. sound like, like somebody's got But you know what? We out. did
2: have Ray Chan on last week from the yes. CAA, and um, that's his, his specific area. And there are rules about towing. Yes, there where are. Where they do have to tell you beforehand how much it's going to cost. They do have to provide you a receipt, and you can pay by other other than cash.
1: Yeah, you can pay Visa or something like
2: that. We just have to find out how to get our money back.
1: We had a situation once; they wanted eight hundred dollars for a two hundred dollar car. We told them keep it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no kidding. There is a Consumer Protection Act that uh, is managed by the government, by the Ministry of Government and Consumer Services, and there's a complaints line there that uh, Jenny
2: could call into as well. John, so, are you single? No, I'm not uh, available. Well, could be well, you could be number three. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Jenny would be happy to give you a call. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back.
1: All righty, we're back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. This is our final segment. Uh, my name is Dave Redinger, obviously, and uh, John Carmichael, who's with us. John was in government, too. You were, uh, what, member for Don Valley West? I was
0: the member of parliament for Don Valley West, yes. Four years. Yep. In six months. Great experience. <laughs> yeah, who's counting,
1: though, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Alan Gelman. And let's go quickly to the phones. We're going to go
2: off to Perry. Oh, we'll speak you. to Marie in Paris. Marie, what's going on? Oh,
4: hi, Dave. I love you boys, too. Oh, thank you. There you, you go. <laughs> okay uh my ninety uh ninety seven Ford escort wagon uh has had the light on that says service engine soon mm-hmm. i i can't afford i'm eighty eight years old i can't afford any more big repairs so what is required when that light comes on what are they looking to you do to do well mary
2: does the car seem to drive okay
4: yes yes it does uh I don't want to take your time. There's a few other problems. But yes, and I don't drive it except in Paris. I don't take it out of town anymore.
2: All right, so it drives okay. Now, yeah. the light is just on, correct? It's not actually flashing?
4: No, no, it's just on steady.
2: Okay, well, back in the old days when we had to do emission testing, that would have had to have been fixed. But at this point in time, if the car drives okay and it's not flashing, you don't have to spend any money necessarily. You're safe to drive it.
4: Okay, so there's nothing that I have to refill or check, uh, whatever?
2: Well, what you can do is stop by a garage and just have him scan it. So he's going to plug in his little computer and Mm -hmm. find out what that code is, okay? Okay. And from that point, he'll provide you with an estimate to tell you, you know, what the code is and what he thinks it's going to cost to fix. Now, again, if it's just, um, you know, an emissions thing, for example, and it doesn't affect performance, well, then, hey, you can just leave it at that. You don't have to do anything. But if it's because, for example, that your engine oil is very low, then he could just top it up. It wouldn't be a big fix at all. Okay?
4: Yes. Okay.
2: Tell him to treat you like he'd treat his own grandma. Okay. Uh, pardon me. Tell the garage guy to treat you the way same way he treat his own grandma.
4: Well, listen, I often pull the old lady card, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, I was going to say that. Uh, uh, okay, it slipped my mind. It's another one of those. And we know what that's moments. like.
2: <laughs> no problem. You can give us a call next week.
4: Yes, thank you very much. You're very welcome,
2: Mary. Take care.
4: All right, bye bye.
1: Bye. Right. I think out of all our cars, I only two have the lights on off. <laughs> They're all on. <laughs> so john how do we get in touch with omvic
2: well we have
0: uh if 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 you have a complaint call us we're at one 943 6002 extension thirty nine forty two and one of our complaint handlers will be happy to talk to you or you can go online consumers at omvic that's consumers at omvic o m v i c dot o n dot c a and tell us what you need help with.
1: And what he doesn't tell you is there's classroom videos there that you can take. They've got courses. Lots of education
2: for you
0: to
1: learn before you get into trouble.
0: Tremendous education on buying and leasing a car. uh, All kinds of good information that uh, my colleague, uh, Terry O'Keefe, who's a regular on your show... has, has helped us produce and uh, does great work with.
1: And uh, things such as uh, the guy that you're talking to is a, actually a registered salesperson. Uh, is he a, CERP, uh, a curbsider, has no paperwork from OMVIC. You can always ask anybody that you're dealing with in the car business for that card.
2: Let's see the card. Let's see your
0: identification. Oh, right.
1: Old story. Yeah, to, you know, you,
2: <laughs> you don't buy and you don't, you know, it's something you want to take your time with. You want to do your homework before because it's a lot easier to uh, avoid it, the problem beforehand rather than fixing it after. Absolutely. And
0: we have seminars, webinars that tell you how to buy and lease a car, things to watch for. And uh, it's all very, very helpful.
1: Yeah, it's a great thing. You also, if the dealership is registered, and if there's any litigation, it is won or lost. Exactly. So it's this is why
2: you want to buy from a licensed dealer, and uh, that's why you can buy with confidence. Protect yourself before you
0: uh, you make a mistake.
1: John, thanks for coming down.
2: My pleasure.
0: Thank you for having so me. As I always, I only
1: punch up onvic.ca, and see Google brings it up. So that's there. You go. <laughs> works for me. Uh, remember, keep the shiny side up, the greasy side down. Thanks again, John, for joining us, and Alan, as usual.
2: Yes. Watch. By all means, if you're thinking about buying a used car, get it checked beforehand. And if you want, bring it to me.
1: Buy in haste or repent in leisure. Bye this bye. This is Dave's Corner
2: Garage. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.
1: Who cares
4: about the clouds and where to get Just sing a song and bring the sunny way.